When the choice seems to be to tear down the church or build a wall around it, we aim to walk the narrow road of nuance through the wilderness between the warring factions and try to figure out what it means to love God and people well. All right, welcome to episode 30 of the Unbetween podcast. We're excited to have y'all here with us. There was a time when even getting like three of these was difficult, so Seriously. hopefully this is uh you know, the start of something great that we're that we're working on and hopefully you are enjoying what we're doing. Yes, I concur. So this conversation was sparked by some stuff that we saw kind of just out, out in the wild world, as it were, and noticing that the expectations of a particular context, whether it's where you work or where you go to church or your family dynamic or your culture or whatever, is that what passes for business as usual may or may not actually be good, ethical, mm. holy, righteous, whatever, and that that mentality can infect everything that we do, even as believers. And even in the church, sometimes the stuff that passes for the status quo or this is this is how we do things may or may not actually be connected to what what god wants from you in that situation or what scripture teaches that we should be shooting for absolutely so we had a good conversation around that and just what that means and hopefully you'll get something out of it hopefully let's go have you found yourself in the situation in which you're interacting with a person or a group of people and whatever was happening there, it wasn't that it was necessarily bad on the surface, but when you got to thinking about it, it was like, wait a minute, this is kind of crappy or this is kind of shady. And it was one of those things where, oh, well, no, like we always do this or no, this, this is standard operating procedure or, you know, this is industry standard. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. Very much okay. so. Um, and I say very much so, like, yeah, daily. No, not like that necessarily. <laughs> but I think even back to our episode, we talked about uh, kind of in January, there were just some things kind of with, with a role I was involved in that was not above board, if we'll say it that way. And there's there's things that you can do or say or frame in a way to try and justify those things and it's well yeah i mean it could be shady but here's the reason it's not hmm. but ultimately all you're doing is is trying to cover up something that's you know that's just just bad it doesn't matter how much mm-hmm. makeup you put on a, a black widow it's a black widow right like you can make <laughs> yeah. it look pretty it's still out to get you and who's out there putting makeup on a black widow it was once and i probably <laughs> Probably won't okay. do it again. No, I, I don't know why uh, that popped into my I was going to go. I'll tell you where I was going to go. And you'll know exactly right when I start saying it. But it doesn't matter okay. if you paint a rotten fence, you know. But have, have you heard that? Mm-hmm. You've never heard that? No, I've never heard that. Then That's I wish good, I'd though. have used like that. It. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much paint okay. you put on a rotten fence. It's, it's still rotting, right? Yeah. And it's not going to last because it's just it's beyond repair. And, and I've been in a number of situations over the course of, of my years, I was listening back to our last episode, actually, and I said something to the effect of my long life. And I know I'm not that old, but sometimes <laughs> it feels like I am um, some mornings. But th- there's been situations Preach. that were just clearly that there was something wrong. And if you're in it and if your livelihood and certain things depend on it, it's easy to sometimes let that go. But then... When you finally get that wake up call or the clarity that we talked about on another episode uh, of of the thing, then you you can't just sit in it. Hmm. 
because there's no comfort and there's no peace in that, right? I mean, and there's not supposed to be. That's not. That's way more than you asked for there. But yes, I have been in <laughs> in those situations. Well, this this is a podcast, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, and kind of the reason I raise it is I've run into a few of those situations recently. And the thing that kind of strikes me about it is, you know, if I say unethical, I think that for for many folks you would have a picture of the quote unethical person who is scheming and conniving and trying to get ahead for themselves and is actively just, you know, crappy and just rubbing their hands. <laughs> I got one over on them or whatever. And I think I've come, I think I've come to realize that a lot of it, it, it doesn't look like that. I mean, that, that exists, but it's, it's just normal quote unquote Joe's and Jane's going about their business and they're not, necessarily trying to get ahead or looking out for themselves it's just like it's just business as usual and this is what we do and like so many other things in life if you're not paying attention to the why behind what you do then the what can look pretty squirrely when you take a step back and think about it but Mm. i guess the thing that struck me about it is some of these situations that the folks involved were not actively trying to be crappy it was just a product of the environment and the expectations that they were under. And I wonder how much of that happens to people of faith, especially in kind of the um, the American church context that we've talked quite a bit about, where there is this kind of industrial complex driving it, or at least attached to it. And there are these kind of market expectations, if I can put it that way, of what a quote, successful church or a successful ministry or pastor or leader is supposed to be and what it is, what, what does it mean to be a successful Christian? There's a phrase. (laughs) And and, um, I I just wonder how many of our, I wonder how many of the, of the things in our lives and particularly the, the quote, spiritual things are affected by that mindset where it's just like, I'm just kind of going to show up and do whatever's expected and not really think beyond that. Man, I'm still on successful <laughs> Christian. Um, oh, okay. No, let, let, let's, let's table that part. But yeah, I, I think it's easy to just do and to be complacent. And America's already got a, hey, make sure you get yours mentality. And yeah, as much as we know as people of faith, of, of faith in Jesus, that that is not the attitude we're supposed to have, it's easy to slip into that. Like it's the whole die to yourself daily thing. If you're not doing that actively, these things are so simple to fall into. You know what I mean? I, I read something um, the other day, I think I may have sent it to you. It was talking about the be attitudes. Like there, there's clearly a way we're supposed to be but if we're mm-hmm. not actively trying to be like Christ, then you end up being just just something else different entirely. And that could be like the world. You may still be considered a good person or someone who is successful or is, you know, trying hard. But what are you trying hard for? So, so let me kind of ask you, I mean, in your mind, you use that, that phrase successful Christian for a reason. Let's not table it. Let's go on and come back to it. <laughs> What what is that to you? Oh man, I don't know that I've thought about it. 
I think it's one of those things that we all maybe have not articulated to ourselves, but we have a picture in our head of what it would mean to do it well or to do it right might be a better way to put it. And I think there is a kingdom definition of successful Christian, although I don't think the kingdom uses that language. And then there is a marketplace definition of successful Christian. Yeah. And I suspect that we probably land on, pursue, think about, idealize the market value of a successful Christian rather than we do the kingdom value. Yeah, that, that's instantly where I went to. It's just that kind of paradox of a Christian that is successful versus being successful at what we're supposed to do as a Christian. Those are do not necessarily go hand in hand. They can. I th- I wonder if I think that the Venn diagram would overlap and that's what makes it tricky because I think if you asked what what do I freaking know? I suspect based on my own experience there <laughs> that if you asked many people, the average person in the pew, what does it mean to be a successful Christian? A lot of what they would have to say would be good, but I also suspect that at least some of it would be things related to the way we do Christianity in America. One who goes to church, one who does Christian stuff, I guess, is a, yeah. is a way I would Man, put I it. borderline wish I had another camera view over here and I could turn to my, my whiteboard and we could draw it out. But I, I think <laughs> you're right. I think, I think it can overlap. Now, how many people fall into that category that does overlap, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I've just seen... I've had some kind of cringeworthy moments with professionals in the church, and maybe I've been one at times, but who expect certain things because you're in the church with them. You know, mm. oh, well, then you have to use me for this. or um, And it's it's been years ago, the, the couple of things I'm thinking of, but but it's kind of a kind of an icky thing. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I, I love to use people like businesses that I know are believers. Um, there's a trust factor there. Not that other people are not trustworthy necessarily, but that there's something there that I enjoy doing and supporting them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also seen people get sideways when, you know, well, I, you know, you're involved in this with me. Why wouldn't you use me for this? And mm-hmm. well, I've also got friends that do this. And, and, and I don't mean that in like a, a weird, like petty way, but it's just why, I don't know, kind of a why does that matter thing, I guess, without going too far into it. And it, it, and it's almost seemed like in those cases, the reason I say that before I just forget my train of thought, the reason I say that is because I, I think it then kind of gives the appearance of like, well, is that, is that why you're here? Because this is a market that you can tap into, Oh, you know? <laughs> and it's it's been yeah. interesting. And, and these are not good thoughts, y'all. This is, this is sin on my part to probably think this. But I'll be very transparent with my flaw. I've I've had those thoughts, and then I've seen people in one church, and then go to another, and it's like, what? Did you run out of people here, so you're you're jumping ship to find another market. And again, not a good thought, and hopefully not the motive at all. But um, and probably not fair of me to judge that. But or, or I th- a good example of this, I think, is um, we've talked about the music industry a lot because that was or we've talked about music a lot, I should say, because that was our kind of our entry point into our faith 
coming alive. That's what God used for us anyway, mm-hmm. one of the things. And that to there was a time. It. What? I said to, de- to deepen it and kind of to grow it. and Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for sure. To re- help raise and answer those questions mm-hmm. and whatnot. And there was a time when there was a pretty vibrant scene and industry for those people people who did that for a living to plug into. That all has since gone away pretty much. And the only thing left with any kind of stability that you, as far as an industry goes, is worship music yeah. or music played in churches. And so there were a lot of people who were in Christian bands who may or may not have been Christians, but it's like, well, I'm a more or less okay dude and me playing music that helps somebody connect to God or feel like they're connecting with God, that's a good thing. So even though I don't really believe this stuff, I'm just, I'll play guitar in the worship band and collect my paycheck and be a nice dude and and go home. And, you know, like a good example is there's a band called As I Lay Dying, which is a metal band Mm. and their vocalist we don't have to get off onto his topic much because there's a lot You can go down a rabbit trail if you want to. You, re- you really can. But uh, the part that's relevant for this conversation is that he went through a period where he identified as an atheist, mm-hmm. but he was in this still the front man of this band that was well known for their faith and playing Christian events and festivals. And he wasn't the only one in the band that felt that way. And kind of what they said was that like, well, I mean, the way we saw it was even though this wasn't meaningful to us anymore, it was meaningful to these other people. And so how bad was it really for us to make a living and and inspire people? So we just kind of kept doing it. And it's it's, it's kind of that thing. On the one hand, it's like, well, that's kind of that's crappy. But on the other <laughs> hand, what would I do yeah. if that was the thing that I did, the thing I was good at, and I had connected to people in this way? And it's like, well, I mean, there's X amount of percent of it that somebody might have a problem with, but what are you going to do? Hmm. And I think similar to what you're saying is like, well, I've got a market to somebody. Might as well be my <laughs> the people in my church. Yeah, and and that's fair. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't have those relationships that are natural to go to, right? But um, motives have a way of becoming clear given mm-hmm. enough time, and I think that's the thing. Even with kind of the original question, there's a point where it's easy to miss just what it is that's going on. But mm. then over time, you, you you not only become a little more aware and it becomes clearer, but then you start seeing the motive behind it. Where even though yeah. it may seem like a normal everyday, hey, this is what you do. When you start realizing why you just do it and, and what can sometimes be the selfishness or the just got to get by or the blatant disregard for the bigger picture, then it becomes a little harder to ignore. Yeah, and then you're kind of faced with a decision. What now, right? Yeah. And, and to your point with the music thing, and, and that's a great example, I mean, it's almost just easier to keep doing it. Yeah. Not that that's right, well, and there, but... There, there's a part of it, too, that's like, well, the thing that I do well is this thing. And the only place I can do it is here. And if that means being a little disingenuous, I'd rather do this than work in a gas station. Mm. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying that that's probably what somebody in that position would think, something like that. Yeah, if, you, if you're convinced this is what you've got to do to to kind of keep doing the thing or, or to make a living or, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, 
And, and so many of the conversations we find ourselves having on Unbetween are these weird gray area things because it isn't as though, for the most part, the people that I'm around are just actively trying to steal, kill, and destroy. <laughs> you know, like it, it's 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 not the mafia we're talking about. It's not folks who are intentionally and deliberately trying to defraud people or trying to mislead them or whatever. It's oftentimes it's like this is ten percent less transparent than it than it could be or needs to be, and. Kind of, and the other end of that, I guess there are two ends of that spectrum. There is that guy who, or that girl who is that bad. And I, th- I think probably we've all known or met or heard of somebody like that <laughs> in our circles of influence. But, you know, I, I was just thinking, usually we can pretty easily define both of the sides of whatever issue we're talking about. What would be the other side of this? If the crook is at one end, what's at the other? Man, why, why do you got to go this deep on a Friday? Um <laughs> I, I certainly didn't mean to. I don't know. I think on one side, there's you've kind of got the person who does mean ill. We, we, you're mm-hmm. right. In our circles, there's not a lot of that. Granted, we've seen it. I've seen very, very clearly people who are out to get others and know what they're doing. Now they won't admit it, you know, yeah. but at least not to everyone. Not in public. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in small circles. Um, and I, yeah. I'll leave that there. But then you've got kind of this this person who's the the what we talked about kind of lead it who may not be aware they're just trying to live life normally. I mean, I would think if we're trying to get opposite of the other end from those and we're walking that line, then you've got a person who is very aware of their actions and is not doing anything unethical, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, who is yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I got I track with you. Like that that's the person who is is dying to themselves daily and not thinking about how do I get mine, but it's um there there's this thing I don't hear a lot about it anymore, but it's called compromising. <laughs> um and what lang- what language is that? <sighs> Greek. Um <laughs> I don't I don't know. Uh yeah, but I mean it's it's there, but it doesn't seem like there's ever actually a true compromise, but I, th- I would think the person on that end is actually looking for that, for the best thing for everyone, you know? I don't think that's compromise. I think that's caring. It is. It's 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 the thing that happens when, like... You're not worried not about getting ca- yours. Yeah. Or even, like... Or you're trusting yours, as you put it, you're trusting yours to another person. So it's like I, that, I can that's called let love go. too, isn't it? Son of a man! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what we're talking about. Is that like in a community of believers where people are loving and serving each other and bearing one another's burdens, then you don't have to worry about getting yours because somebody else is looking out for it. Hmm. So whether that's with your spouse or your family or your brothers and sisters in Christ or close friends or whatever, you can be vulnerable, and you don't have to pursue the stuff that you want the stuff that you think that you need you you can trust that that, gosh this is easier to say than to do especially given some of the conversations we've had lately and i I don't ever want to be flipping about it we're talking about the way that god wants it to be Mm -hmm. i think and what we should be shooting for but when you have a situation in which you honestly trust that somebody your heavenly father or his children that he's put around you are looking out for your best interest, you don't have to be chasing those. You don't have to hold on to them yeah. so tightly. 
and that frees you up then to be generous and to risk being vulnerable and to risk being taken advantage of, knowing that God in his own way may not check all your boxes, but he is going to vindicate you in the long run. Yeah. He's already you got yours, loving. right? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so if that's the exactly. case, why am I worried about it? I know what happens. And I, I was, I was, that's kind of where I was thinking in my head. And I'm glad you went there because I was like, I, I don't want to go too super spiritual, but that's it. Like, if, if we know that God wins, hmm. that he has given us, given, we have received from him, not that we earned it, but he has given us what we, everything we could hope for, that we should hope for. Let me put it that way. Why am I so worried about getting mine? You know? Yeah. And I think there's this yeah. thing about loving others and caring for others who can't care for themselves. And that should be my priority as opposed to making sure that, you know, I get what I, I should have coming to me. I don't think we really want what we should have coming to us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah, don't. I do. Yeah. And then that mindset, it sounds, I mean, it sounds spiritual or churchy when, when you put it in that context, but put it in your job, put it in your finances, in your friend groups, in your poker night or whatever. <laughs> like that, that changes the way that you interact with people. That means that, you are aware of your motives and you're aware of your methods too. Uh, we've mm -hmm. talked before a lot about, it seems like it's usually one of those that gets out of whack that people have out of balance. But if we are pursuing Christ and we're allowing him to shape us and we're depending on him for the things that we need, then, then we are, then we are free. Yeah. It's for freedom. We've been set free. Yep. No, that's exactly right. And and you're, that, that balance is such a huge thing. And man, I'm going to like, not, I'm going to seem like a huge nerd real quick. <clears throat> yes, sir. Which uh, there's probably multiple reasons I, I do at times, but <laughs> I, uh, so on, on the Nintendo switch, I found out recently that you can play Here we go. like GoldenEye and some of the old games mm -hmm. with an online membership. Hmm. In downloading or getting that, I realized that the old Zelda game is on there. Uh, One that I played when I was younger <laughs> and just ran around never really knowing what to do. But, dude, for like the last, I don't know, maybe a week or two, when we've had downtime, the kids have been like, can we watch you play that? And like, I'm like, eh, yeah, well, maybe sometimes. But I kind of got hooked. And, and anyway, all that bringing <laughs> it back, they talk about, I don't even know what it is. There's a storyline that I never really followed. It's the only Zelda game I played, but it was interesting to me. They talk about like wisdom, courage, and strength maybe, and the balance of the Triforce, and I don't know. Some of it I'm watching, I'm like, this yeah. is kind of weird, but you know, whatever. Um, is this Ocarina of Time? What's that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right, and we've talked about it before, because I think I remember being yes, like, hey, it's Ocarina. You can come, um, you, you, well, you come play it on my N64. Oh, do you have it on the 64? Man, that's yeah, you, so you brought it up. I'm not the only only geek here. Uh, <laughs> we're both geeks. <laughs> but, like, watching this, it's just like, man, it's so interesting, but they talk about how if it's possessed by, you know, Ganondorf, is that his name? I remember. Yeah. I read it multiple times. but I mean, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm not even a gamer, but man, I used to love the 64. So I've like been, yeah, well, we won't talk about it. But anyway, it was just interesting. Like the whole deal was someone with an evil heart is going to take those things and use them for their purposes, whereas someone with a pure heart mm. is going to use it to to kind of bring unity. And, and, and I'm using Christian-y words that were not included in the in the game, I'm sure, <laughs> but, but, but to bring everything together for more noble purposes. Yeah. And I think that's it. You know, as a person of faith... 
as a Christian, as being someone in this community of the church even, there are certain things that you learn, hear, know, um, should be pursuing that if you're doing the things of putting yourself to death daily, trying to be more like Christ, those things are used very well. The other end of that, if you're out to, to get yours um, and forget that God's already done that for you, it's very easy to take those things and almost use them to manipulate others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to fool yourself while you do it. Yeah, because what you're talking about and the whole start of the conversation, it's, it's not just non-believers who are doing this. You know, there are non-believers who care for others and love others. Yeah. There are believers who are kind of crappy. Um, I, I can be myself at times, right? I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. putting that all off of me. Um, there are believers who are not followers to build on an earlier mm. conversation. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, I almost went there with the Venn diagram thing, but I know we've got to keep mm-hmm. this one kind of kind of concise, and I think there's places we can go with that. But, you know, you start looking. Leave something for next time. That's right. You know, little, what do they call it, breadcrumbs. It leads you to yep. the next one. But I think there's something to be said for that. There are people in our church, in our communities, who are Christian by name, who are not following Christ. Yeah. And back to former conversations, you know, you, you get into that taking the name of the Lord in vain. Oh, okay. I yeah. think it's a, I want to say it's a fine line, but I really don't know that it is that fine. You know, I think you're either pursuing and following Christ or, or you're trying to get yours is what it comes down to when you really look at it. And that's why in the end, he's going to look and say, I never knew you to some. Whew. Yeah, man. And the difference can be subtle mm-hmm. as well. There's a lot of instances in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, you know what I mean, that, where it reports on that the that the people thought they were doing the will of God. Mm. Happens in Ezekiel, for example, is that they're continuing to have their festivals and all this, and God has literally left the building. Like there's this whole almost processional where he like moves from one part of the temple to the next and then goes out the door and they're all still doing their thing like nothing has happened. Meanwhile, you know, he's not even there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. How in tune are we? Are we going to recognize things like that? Are we just going to get so stuck and keep going as if things are normal and miss something, you know? Yeah. There's that passage passage in Amos that John Foreman quotes in one of his songs about, you know, I don't, I don't want all your noisy festivals. The sound of them is hateful to me, and all this because mm. you've forgotten mercy and justice and neglected this. And I think for many of us, it's probably not as dramatic as all that, but it it is probably more present than we want to acknowledge. Yeah, and I, I wonder. Uh, yeah, I wonder what, what all of us would find if we were willing to take a step back off the rug and pull it back to see what was under it. Hmm. <laughs> might, might be a little surprised, huh? Maybe. Yeah, I, uh, I read something the other day that was talking about even the, uh, the Sabbath and kind of how what was meant to be you know, used as a set-aside time for reflection was then turned around to be rule-ridden with the Pharisees, you know? Yeah. Um, and it became, well, you don't do this thing instead of not doing this thing so you can reflect on on God. You know, it became more mm-hmm. about what you're not supposed to do instead of what you should be doing. Yeah. And being a Christian is not a list of don'ts, you know? Yeah. 
there's that, that if you just do those, you're going to, you're going to make it right. That's, that's not how it works. Now there's things that we probably shouldn't do. Um, our last episode, we talked about some of those, like, I think I mentioned, I'm not going to put out an album cover with myself naked on it. Um, I don't, I don't remember how that came out, but, I, but there's just certain <laughs> things that not that you can't be and have done that, but maybe that's not something you should do. You know, well, it's it's the thing. The reason there are no's is because there are yeses. Right. And if you're pursuing those yeses and doing the things that we are clearly asked to commanded to in Scripture, you're probably not going to have the thought of should I do these things that are are pretty clear no's. At least not not that you're going to dwell on it. It'll be a pretty quick passing. Yeah, probably not. Well, and I think that informs this where this conversation started, which is that in pursuing the yes you don't have to say no. It keeps, to a certain degree, it keeps you out of those gray areas where you might have to say no to something that's on the fence because you are, I don't know, you're so far from the fence that it's it's not a problem. Yeah. It Man, does it not make it almost too easy that if I just pursue Christ, I won't do the things I shouldn't do? That, that seems too easy. Possibly, cannot possibly be it. In theory, it's easy. You said it earlier. It's easy to say, but then you got all this stuff around you. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Maybe he was being serious. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's it, man. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for episode 30 of the podcast. We appreciate y'all joining us. And hopefully, uh, as we said earlier, this is something that's been beneficial. Hopefully this is helpful for you kind of as you think through your life in different areas where you've seen uh, these kind of things happening. You know, it's easy just to go through life with our own agendas and our own plans and not realize like, hey, we're, we're supposed to be different. There's more here that we're doing. And also that like it's it doesn't make you some terrible person if you suddenly look up and realize, oh, I have been living in a rhythm or in a pattern that is not what God wants for me. The nice thing is about grace is that it pursues you to wherever you've wandered off and brings you back Mm -hmm. to where you're supposed to be. And uh, that's what we want to celebrate with these conversations. Absolutely. And, you know, I think Taylor and I even mentioned in the episode, there's times where we've had to kind of look at things we've done. And uh, I imagine there will be moments like that in my future as well. But thank you again for listening. If you have any feedback, we're on the socials, Facebook and Instagram at Unbetween Podcast, and we're on Twitter at Unbetween Pod. You can shoot us an email at unbetweenpodcast at gmail.com. You can send a carrier pigeon to Ryan's house, address forthcoming. (laughs) All right, and we'll see you on the next one.